You're listening to Faith That Works, a podcast ministry of Faith Community Church, Indianapolis, Indiana. This is Pastor Steve Nanny, and I'm so glad that you've tuned in today. We're going to be picking up our Sunday morning series called The Unseen Battle. We're going to be looking at the idea that the strains and struggles and stress of this life can impact our life because of the spiritual warfare that's happening in the heavenlies are the unseen places. We're going to be talking about how we can take authority over this and still have the joy and victory that Jesus has purchased for us. Thanks so much for listening. Stay tuned to the end for more information about our church. Hey, for those of you that are maybe new to faith, this is your first time. Uh, just letting you know we have sided with the happy clappies over the frozen chosen. That's what side we've chosen. And so if you're not sure if this is a, a clapping church, it is. Amen. We like our Jesus loud and in color, and we ain't scared, right? Amen. Genesis chapter 3, if you would. Oh, the Lord's good. Amen. 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 Are you glad you came to church today? Amen. Hey, so we need, to, we need to talk about something. I know um, Don said he came back today because he wanted to know how many ticks are on a dog. <laughs> so Don said, I'd have never told him about it if I knew he's going to say it out loud. I mean, I'm just. So for these, those of you that weren't here last week, you'll have to get caught up. We talked about dogs last week. And so uh, the devil is a dog. Can I get an amen? amen. Hey, I, I want to share this real quick. Just this has nothing to do with what we're talking about as far as the sermon. But I'm thankful that we are to worship God in spirit and in truth. You can't separate the two. You understand? A lot of churches this morning will worship God in spirit, but there'll be no truth. Then there are churches that are so focused on the truth, they leave out the Holy Spirit. Right? I need my peanut butter and my jelly. You understand? We need to worship God in spirit and in truth. That means the right way in the right heart. In the right way with the right heart. In truth, in the spirit. So Genesis chapter 3. We're going to read a little bit and then we're going to jump around for just a moment. We're talking about the unseen battle. We're talking about this warfare that happens in the heavenlies that manifests itself in the earthly. You see it. You feel it. You feel the tension. You feel the battle. Some of you, even this week, you felt yourself. I feel like I've been coming up against something this week. Yes, because you have an enemy who hates you. Let's not get the devil any credit today. You know, somebody said one time, you, you, very positive, you say something nice about everything. I bet you'd even say something nice about the devil. And this person said, yes, I would. The devil is good at his job. The devil is good at his job trying to steal, kill, and destroy. So we have to know what he's up to so we can know. But now that doesn't frighten me because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm not scared of our enemy because I'm overcoming. We have authority, right? Not in your power, but in the power of Christ. We have authority over our enemy so the devil can't have you. He can't have your joy. He can't have your victory. He can't have your, all these things that the devil wants to rob you from. And we just lay down and give it to him. And we got to take it back. We can't allow the enemy anymore to rob what God's purchased for us, right? 
If I buy you a brand new car and I see your nine-year-old driving it around, you and I are going to have a problem. I bought you a brand new car, you don't drive it, but you let your nine-year-old with no license drive it, he wrecks it because he can't drive, and then you come to me and I'm like, what are you doing? Hey, we've got Jesus. We've got all the fruit of the Spirit inside of us. So we have to take our joy back, our victory back, our patience back, our peace back, our long suffering. We've got to take it back because we've been, we've been purchased. It's been given to us. So I can't give the devil what Jesus bought for me, right? So we've been talking about the last few weeks, what the battle is, where it began in the heavenlies with Lucifer's fall, how he wanted to be in charge, how Lucifer then came to earth and God gave mankind dominion over everything on the earth, including Lucifer and all his angels. But Lucifer, right out of the gate, tried to get the truth twisted. Hey, is anybody paying attention? The truth gets twisted these days. So we need, we need to know what is true. Eve didn't know what the truth was, and so she got sideways because she didn't know. And so then the devil got her sideways because she didn't know what God had said. It's important that you know what God said. It's important that you know the Word of God and what God teaches and what God says. Otherwise, you'll be on every direction there is. The enemy will have you all kinds of twisted because you don't know what God said. But when you know what God said, right, then you can tell Satan, what is wrong? Get away from me. That's not true. What are you thinking? Right? I take authority. You take authority not because you're a good person. You take authority because you have the Word. The Word gives you, the Spirit gives you, the Spirit and truth we're talking about gives you authority so when the enemy comes, Eve should have never even engaged in a conversation with that serpent. Should have been, did God really say that? I know exactly what God said. Head on down the road. You understand? So we, we have to know what God said, and then we talked about uh, we talked about motor oil. If you were here a couple of weeks ago, and recognizing the lies of the enemy and how a little bit of motor oil will mess up your entire chocolate chip cookie recipe, right? Last week we took out our fly swatter, brought out the potato salad. There's a food theme going on here at Faith Community. Church that eats together stays together. That's what it is. That's what we're about. Right? Because we got potato salad and we have to take authority. Can't let flies jump on that potato salad, right? We have to take authority over that. So then I want to talk to you. So we, we got to talking about strongholds and the idea that we have a way of thinking that the enemy begins to set up resonance in our minds. A stronghold. Think about it like a fortress, a tower. We agree to a lie, a lifestyle. This will never change. Some of you already, maybe this week, this will never get any better. That is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's always telling us if we listen to Him, all things are possible. All things are possible for those that believe. And that's what God's looking for, people who will trust him and not get sideways or get locked into a way of thinking that's contrary to what God has told us. 
The world doesn't know what God said, and now all of a sudden we have a lot of people believing a whole lot of lies. And listen closely, it's sneaking into the church. It's frightening to me the amount of compromise and blasphemy that's coming out of the church of Jesus. And we need God's help to get back to truth so that we can know and we can't allow these strongholds, these lifestyle choices, these things. I used the example last week. Maybe you were in second grade and your teacher said, you're dumb. So all of a sudden you believe that lie and your whole life you have believed that. That's who you are because somebody qualified you and made you think that's just the way you are. And so you've been locked up to a, a thinking, a lie, and you've built your whole life on this lie. The good news is Jesus has come to break down strongholds. Last week we talked about the idea that our weapons are mighty for the pulling down of what? Strongholds, right? So there's nothing in your life you can't overcome through the power of God in His Son Jesus. There's nothing, nothing. Don't, don't, don't tell me, well, pastor, I'm, I'm a third generation addict and that's just who we are. It's a lie. It's a lie. You don't have to live that way. You have the power of God. God breaks all DNA rules. The blood of Jesus overcomes. Well, pastor, you don't understand. I have an abusive anger issue because my parents were that way. It's a lie. It's a lie. Don't you tell Jesus who you are. Let him tell you who you can become in him. Oh, man, that a preach right there. That's good. Amen, pastor. Amen to myself on that one. Who defines me and tells me who I am is God through his son Jesus. Now, Genesis chapter 3, because now I want, I want to, here's what I'm burdened for today. So last week we talked about these personal strongholds, these things that, that pull us down personally. And I want to tell you this, they sneak into our homes. We have marriages, strongholds, children, strongholds, homes, strongholds. And we're convinced that our families are always going to be a certain way. And we have believed the lie that the enemy is just, this is just the way, hey, this is just how we are. Right? This week, your home, some of you, it's been nuts. Mama's screaming at dad, dad's screaming at the kids, everybody's losing their mind. Losing their mind. Where's Jesus? He's nowhere near that. Because we've allowed the enemy just say, that's just how it's going to be. My wife, that's just who she is. My Lord, help her. And the wife goes, my husband, what a loser. But well, I'm stuck with him. I'll figure this out. These are all lies. That the enemy wants to lock you in. That the way things are, the way, do you understand that? That the way things are, the way things will always have to be. And that's not God. God is a God of change, of working and regeneration and reshaping and remolding. But what you've got to do is confess it. And be honest and repent. Let's look at Genesis 3. Let's read the first seven verses together. Genesis 3, the first seven verses. Because I want to review where this thing got messed up in the family. Genesis 3, 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? 
And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that's in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And so when the woman, I'm going to read verse 8 for the sake, is that verse 6? I can't read. I'm getting at that age where I'm like, what number is that? I'm on 6. Amen. I got an eye appointment. Don't worry. Just pray for me. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit, ate it, and she also gave some to her husband. Listen, men, who was with her. He wasn't off playing golf. He was with her. And he ate, and then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and they made themselves loincloths. Now, let's flip over to Joshua. We're going to put this on the screen. Joshua 24, 15. This will be on the screen as well. Again, now, now we're about to, Joshua's wrapping up his time with the children of Israel. And he knows that men are prone to, to wander astray. And in Joshua 24, 15, he says, If it's evil in your eyes, to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. Listen, but as for me and my house, say it with me, we will serve the Lord. Now, Psalm 127 verse 1 says this, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. So we've got to get back to, so we all have our individual relationships with God and we kind of know how to line those things up. But then when it comes to the family, we just kind of toss all of that out the window and we just kind of get into survival mode as a family. And so what we've got is we've got all these things. We're falling apart, not how it should be, uh, not functioning. So families now have agreed to this unchanging lifestyle. So let's look at this just for a second. Look at Satan convinced Eve. He said this, two things. Now let's break it down. Like I know, it, I know you're thinking it's about fruit and trees and all that. But first of all, he said, you don't need God. You, you don't need God. In fact, if you eat of this, you'll be like God. And that's the same thing Lucifer wanted. That's why Lucifer left, because he wanted to be God. I will make my seat in the I will, I will, I will. And so what he did was he brought that lie to planet Earth. He got Eve sideways thinking, hey, you can be like God. And so all of a sudden, Eve is not even considering what God is doing in this moment. All she could think of was, oh, I can be like God? That sounds good. And then the second thing Eve got sideways on was she said, I don't need my husband. I'm fine. And can I tell you, God set things up in an order on purpose. Do you understand? And when we fall into the trap of getting things out of order, then the enemy has the opportunity to sneak in and get your home off focus. When, when wives start doing their own thing and husbands start doing their own thing and children start doing their own thing and everybody's just doing whatever they want to do and there's no order and there's no God and there's no authority in place in the home. Everybody's kind of doing their own thing and God cannot be honored in an environment like this. So we have to get back. The way we bring these strongholds down is to get back 
to God's design. That's what we have to do. So Satan tempted Eve to do this. You can figure it out in your own brain, use your own logic, be independent, and take over leadership. So watch this now. So Eve decides she's going to be in charge. Adam steps back and lets Eve do it. Right, men? Be, be quick before you start blaming Eve because we were standing there doing nothing. We have a role, men, to guard our wives from the enemy. We have a responsibility, a mandate from God. That devil should have never talked to her with, the, with Adam standing right there. Don't you talk to my wife. You better back up, Jack. But Adam was playing solitaire on his iPhone. Just staying busy. Maybe he had worked all day. He's like, it's couch time. Right? Hey, somebody's at the door, Eve. Go for it. I'm out. I've had a long day. And so he failed in his responsibility to stand in the gap and to lead. And he became passive and he didn't lead. And that's a problem. And so what happens is when, when, when Eve tries to lead and Adam doesn't, guess what? Satan leads them both. So you have to be on guard, right? How many times have we just sat back and said, I'm sure everything's fine. I'm sure everything's fine. And the next thing we know, the enemy's driving the bus because we sat back. Hey, listen. Are you paying attention? The church went to sleep at the wheel. The church went to sleep at the wheel. And now all of a sudden, we got all these sideways things because the church was like, it's going to be fine. As long as they don't come in here, we're going to be fine. As long as they leave us alone, we'll be fine. And next thing we know, we got the devil in the backyard because we did nothing. And it's time for the church to be God's people. It's time for the church to rise up, raise the standard, flat you know, raise that flag and say, listen now, this is what we're about. This is what we're about. We're going to stand and we're going to stand. And if you're going to come, everybody follow me? I'm trying not to get too crazy, but you follow me, right? You follow me. And so we can't go to sleep at the wheel while the enemy just goes on. So watch this. So because, and then, of course, you know, we, we read that a little, we, we read a little bit further, right? The garden, the fall, God says, God goes to Adam, what happened? Adam goes, that woman did it. Right? You've never sinned and blamed it on somebody else, have you? Right? Hey, hey, if, if this situation hadn't been like this, I wouldn't have done that. Hey, church, can we just go ahead and say there's no more excuses? No more excuses. It's time we fall on our face and say, God, that's on me. God, that's on me. I'm taking responsibility for my role in all of this, and I'm going to stand up and own it. God, forgive me. But Adam was pointing the finger at Eve. Eve pointed the finger to snake. Nobody taking responsibility. And that's what happens is when people fail to take responsibility and do what they're called to do, then the family and the home falls apart. Now all of a sudden, we have conflict. Do you understand this? Conflict comes from sin. Do you understand this battle Adam and Eve are walking around naked. They don't even know it. They have nothing but peace 
and victory and walking with the Lord in the coolness of the day, naming animals, hanging out, eating fruit off trees, just living life. And then all of a sudden we have conflict. And all of a sudden selfishness now. Can I tell you that is a root of a whole lot of sin. It's selfishness. Now all of a sudden everybody's saying, I'm going to take care of me. Can I tell you in your home today, if you live with the attitude of I'm going to take care of me, you're going to have a whole lot of conflict. Well, I got to take care of me. I got to get mine. We went to McDonald's last time. It's Burger King this week. Listen to me, woman. It's Burger King. It's my turn. My way. And selfishness enters in. Men now want to dominate women without love. Women are fighting for partnership and relationship. Now work becomes hard. Expectations now of mankind. I want you to serve me. When did we all think that we should be served? Hey, did you come to church today to get something or to give something? We, we got that thinking backwards, don't we? I've come to church so the pastor and the worship team, people can serve me. I, I need to be filled up. I need the church to, to give to me. And then I'm going to go out the door and do my own thing. Hey, we've got to come together with the attitude of serving in your home. Husbands and wives, you've got to start living to serve each other. Not to be served, but to serve. Then we have conflict in the children. Now we'll say we've got kids killing each other, right? Adam and Eve, all because we didn't know the truth and we got things out of order. Adam took a back seat. He let Eve take up of there. And then all of a sudden, everything's... So let's talk about some, some reasons some of these strongholds come. Let's just talk about it. I've got a couple. If you want to write these down, a couple of these real quick. The first reason I've got for a family stronghold is unresolved anger. Right? I know you don't do that in your home. Right? You don't, you don't keep a record of wrongs. Listen now. Listen. The last time I gave you the remote control, it was a hot mess. I sat here all night bored out of my mind while you watched Moonshiners on A&E. I mean, why do they even have a show? I'm just making stuff up right now. I have no idea what I'm doing. You understand? And then, but, but, but honey, that was three weeks ago. Well, I didn't say nothing about it, but I'm saying it now. Because you want to watch Moonshiners again, and I'm not watching that stupid show. You understand? How many of you have held on to something someone did to you, like a card, that, like a trump card. Oh, I'm going to lay that down in a minute. I'm going to, you, you wait. All right, all right, wife, next time you try to get on me, you're going to get on me. I got a card. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play it. You, you talk, talk to me about my socks again. You just wait. <laughs> you talk to me about my socks one more time. I got a sock card. I saw your socks on the floor three weeks ago. And you ain't going to tell me about my socks. I got a sock card. <laughs> and I'm going to lay it down. I ain't scared to lay a trump card down on you. Everybody hearing that? Right? Or, or so-and-so, somebody hurt your feelings, and all of a sudden, oh, you, you, can't, you can't forgive it. You can't let it go. Right? Hey, I'm telling you what. Homes are sideways because there's no forgiveness. We're holding on. I, can I tell you the Bible's okay with anger? It says be angry and what? Sin not. The problem is when you hold on to it. 
when you're still holding on to it. Some of you might be mad at somebody on the other side of the room in here right now. And I'm telling you what, you will stop the Holy Spirit. You will, you will quench what God wants to do when you hold on to stuff. You can't have wholeness in your marriage and in your home if you hold on to anger. You can't hold on to it. We've got to let go of it. We've got to confess it. We've got to have forgiveness. Anger impacts, think about this, the way we treat others. Let's say you go to a restaurant and somebody hands you a bill for everybody in the room. You're like, wait a minute. But can I tell you that your unresolved anger is impacting more people than you realize because you're still holding on to it. And there is a ripple effect. Okay, I talked about cats last week. I'll talk about dogs today. Okay, you ready? So dad's at work, right? He is getting yelled at for something he didn't do at work. And so he's... Boss is just ripping into him. He feels it's unfair, it's unjustified, but otherwise. So now, dad's got all this pent-up, unresolved feelings. He walks in the door, and the wife goes, Hey, baby, did you have a good day? Don't talk to me right now. Whoa. Why does the house smell like meatloaf all the time? All the time we had it three days ago. It still smells like meatloaf. What did you put in that meatloaf to make the house so stinky? Right? Now all of a sudden the wife's like, oh man, my husband doesn't love me. Junior's in there working on algebra. Junior, what are you doing working on algebra at the kitchen table? We bought you a desk for your birthday. Get your hind end off the table to your desk. Well, Junior's like, I've been doing homework at the table for two weeks. What's the big deal? Now all of a sudden, Junior's mad. Dad's mad. Mama's mad. Junior's mad. In runs Skippy, the dog. <laughs> and the little boy just punts him across the room. Right? What did the dog do? Nothing. But he paid for everybody's anger. Is that hitting home at all? Isn't this what we do? We, and what we've got to do, we've got to realize, we've got to let that go. We've got to be able to deal with this unresolved anger so it doesn't impact our family. And the enemy, listen, this is where he begins to build a fortress in your unresolved anger and in your unforgiveness. Well, you, you know you can't, you know you can't, uh, trust her or trust him or trust your children because this happened last time it's going to happen again so what we've got to do we've got to change the movie you've got to pop out that blu-ray and put in something different you have to change the way you think about situations you have to release the person who's offended you you have to forgive and you can't hold that over them forever anybody hearing that this morning we've got to walk into that otherwise a stronghold will become built. Here's another one, rebellion. So we've got unresolved anger, and rebellion simply says, I'm going to do it my way. Listen, I know that there's an order. I know that I know we're supposed to do things the way God wants us to, but can I tell you, Satan was the original rebel, and he implants rebellion in our hearts. The Bible tells us very clearly that rebellion is terrible. Children rebelling against parents, wives rebelling, men 
not doing, everybody's just deciding to do their own thing. It's dangerous when we all decide, I'm not going to consider the needs of the people in my home. I'm going to do my own thing. Rebellion is beyond unruly children. We have to, can I just stop right here and talk to parents just a second? Hey, parents, we have to teach our children about submission. How many people that you know, young people now, that really have a problem with authority? can't tell me what to do, right? I, I, for a short season of my life, a uh, long time ago, I was a manager of a Wendy's. And they told me, you just can't tell kids to take out the trash. What? You have to tell them why. What? Maybe I grew up a long, I mean, I did grow up a long time ago, but I didn't ever think about asking my parents why. It was do. And it wasn't do when you wanted to. It was do now. Slow obedience is disobedience. We're in a different day, right? And what we have to learn, adults, men and women and children, we have to submit to the authority of God and then we have to teach our children to submit to any authority God places over them. Your boss doesn't owe you a why. Because you're not the boss. Everybody hear that? Sometimes you just got to do. And when we come against that, the enemy can come in because if we don't have any submission to authority, we decide we're going to do things in our own way, in our own power, because we know what's best. Isn't that why Eve thought in the garden? I got this. And the enemy can come in and build a stronghold. Let me just share this real quick. If mom and dad are rebelling against God, can I say this, parents? If you're rebelling against God, how do you tell your children to stop rebelling? You are creating a spirit of rebellion in your home. If you're not obeying God, let's just say, for example, with your money, then you can create a spirit of rebellion in your home. And your parent, your kids are going sideways and they're, because that spirit of rebellion is coming into your home. Things are divided. You'll feel the division in your home because you're rebelling. You're creating a spirit of rebellion. And then parents are seeing that in their children, the rebellion. We have to get that right. We have to be obedient and we have to stop rebellion right now that's the third thing so we talked about anger we've talked about rebellion and then let's talk about this last one selfishness so now what happens is the enemy comes in to build a stronghold when, when we all of a sudden are living to please ourselves in, in your home I want to I want to encourage you to live to serve instead of live to receive Husbands, we, we've had a great study on Wednesdays. Ladies have had a great study. And I want to tell you, men, I'm going to call you out today. God has called you to serve your wife. Amen. Ladies, you are called to serve your husband. If I'm taking care of her and she's taking care of me, we're not going to have problems. The problem is I take care of her as long as I feel like she's taking care of me. If you've given me what I need, then I'll serve you. But if you've not given me what I need, I'm going to hold back till I get what I need from you. Can I tell you, I need to get my needs met from God. I'm filled up by the Spirit of God, by the Son of God. She can't satisfy me 
Only God can satisfy me. Only Jesus is the living water. You're going to your partner for the, for the well of living water. She or he is not that. that, that that's good. And, and you're, I pat myself later. I might, I might even take myself to lunch. It's getting good. Do you, you understand? So if you're, you're coming, right? And can I tell you, parents, you have to teach your children that they will be unsatisfied until they find Jesus. Yes. That knowing that they'll feel, and you see it in them. You'll say something like, what is wrong with you? Your child, what, why, why are you this way? I don't understand how God could make you this weird. <laughs> Some of y'all need to come and live in my house. I mean, you know, your kids must be. No, I'm just kidding. But can, can I say this? But see, here's the thing: we have to teach our children that Jesus is the source. Husbands, your wife. Hey, if my wife gives me more. Your wife owes you nothing. You're there for her. Have you thought about this? God gave you her or him for you to minister to all the days of your life. Now, you get filled up from Christ. This is what satisfies me. And here's the problem. Moms and dads and, and, and husbands and wives get lost in this idea because I'm not satisfied here. I try to get satisfied here. And then she's not giving me what I need because my soul wasn't meant to receive that thing from her. It's that thing from him so that I can take that thing from him and give it to her. Man, that is good. That is good. See, she gets filled up from the overflow of God in my life. See, first thing I ask a couple when they come, like, Pastor, our marriage is just a hot mess. Are you reading your Bibles together? Mm, what? Are you praying? Are you praying as individuals? Are you reading together? Are you praying? Are you getting satisfied from God? Well, we, you know, we just, oh, Pastor, you just don't understand how, how busy we are. You, you're not that busy. you got 168 hours a week. You figure it out. But you've got to get from the source so that you can give. I'll, I'll tell you this real quick because I do want to get into this just for a second. This is pretty good. So, we'll, you know, sometimes the Lord takes you, dog a hunt. You just got to go. So, this week, I, I, it's a real example. I'll give you, I'll bring you into the nanny home. I know, I know. You're like, dear Lord, I know enough. I don't need to know more. Your poor wife, bless her heart. Right? Just this week, we both felt the enemy. We felt him turn up the heat. We felt tension. Not between us, but we felt something not right. And so we, we said it out loud. Hmm, what's up? I don't know. What are you feeling? So then, out of that, we started talking. And as we talked, something came out. And then we told the devil to take that lie back to the pit. It was just something trivial. But it was, a, it was just something the enemy just, you know how the enemy just puts a little something right here? And you can't shake it. But I want to tell you something. What you've got to do, right, what you've got to do is to learn to recognize that, call it out, declare the truth, 
claimed victory over it. We prayed together, and it lifted. It lifted. It did. It just, it just did it not? It just lifted. We'll feel that. Something's going on with our children. Hey, what, what's going on? We, so we'll pray. Hey, can I, can I tell you, I, I, I'm not trying to get in anybody's business, but I want to tell you right now, couples, you should be praying together regularly. Regularly. I'm not going to get into the, hey, if you don't pray on a regular basis, you don't love Jesus. I'm not saying that. But husbands and wives, you should be praying together. The devil, you say, well, we, we don't have a problem. You about to. You about to. Because the devil sneaks in. Well, we'll just leave the back door open. It's fine. We live in a good neighborhood. Nobody lives like that. While you're not praying for your wife, while you're not praying for your husband, while you're not praying for your children, the enemy's like, mm, I'm going to come get me some of that because they're not taking care of themselves. And he'll sneak in. Are you hearing that? You've got to pray. You've got to pray. If we really believe that the enemy can bring a stronghold in my life and I have to confess that and get that right, then I also have to believe that the devil would want to bring a, a stronghold in my marriage, in my children, in my home. I have to be on guard against it. So not only do I have to come against it and speak truth into that, I have to learn to use the tools God's given me in the way he's given me. Let's talk about dogs another moment. Let's say we're going duck hunting. And let's say we have a nice shotgun and we have a nice dog and we go out and we're going to do a little duck hunting and we see some ducks fly overhead. We lay down our rifle and we take our dog and we just throw it up. <laughs> and then that dog lands bewildered what just happened just hold on skippy we gonna the poor skippy got wore out today didn't he? he got kicked by the kid and now he's getting thrown in the air here comes one right so the problem is we're not using the right weapons in the right way right so so, so you know so we got to be careful when we feel the enemy coming in we've got to declare truth we got to get the prayer we've got to get in the spirit we've got to get in the word we've got to find these things so that we can accomplish what God wants us to and to overcome the strongholds in our family you've got to be praying over your children right hey can I tell you if you have to discipline your children they should hear you pray about that. They ought to hear you pray. Lord, Lord I pray that, that my child would realize that this is the behavior that's not befitting to you, God. God, I just want my child to know that I forgive them and I love them and I care about them. God, I want more than anything else for my children to walk in obedience to the authority that you've placed, God, which is mom and dad telling the kids what to do. And God, I want my children to understand that. Because, God, if they'll never submit to me, they'll never submit to you. And so you see, you see, when you pull that in, you set that authority up, and we start to do things in the right way and in the right order. So let's talk about tearing down these strongholds real quick. First thing, I just want to talk to husbands. Husbands, you've got to sacrifice. Your wives are not here to serve you. You're here to serve them. You hear that? 
You've got to just set it. You've got to receive from above so that you can give to her. Husbands, you are over. Now listen, when I say that, I'm, just, I'm not trying to say, men, you should dominate your wives. Can I tell you to lead is to serve? Can we all hear that today? Do you understand that? Do you understand that, men, that God has called you to serve your wife? And in serving her, you're leading her. Because wives will have no problem if, my, if their husbands are leading them by serving. Wives will have no problem following. It's the way God set it up. So, men, if you'll lay down your life and stop comparing what you do compared to what she does. Well, I, who had the worst day? Hey, you have to come in serving because that's what God's called you to do. Like Christ loved the church, men die for your wives. And wives, follow your husbands. Now, I'm telling you, wives, you're going to want to lead them because most of the time we're idiots. I'm just telling you, we're not the smartest things. And I'm sorry to have to tell you, you're going to have to, to love us. And can I tell you, if you'll do what you're supposed to do, God can do what he needs to do. Wives, if you'll do what God's called you to do, then you make it, a, everybody following that? Then God can do what, hey, you, I want God to work on my husband. Well, then stop playing the Holy Spirit, start praying for him, and he will. You're not the Holy Spirit for your husband. Ladies, well, baby, I, I mean, I love you, but I don't really think you ought to be doing that right now. Well, why don't you just go in a corner and pray for him? God can tell him, right? Let the Lord guide and lead your husband. Honor your husbands. Can I tell you also, we've got to get right on our parenting skills. We've got to encourage, right? You know, when I was saying a minute ago, I was, hey, we've got to encourage our children we got to help them to see and to know. We want you to know God. I want you to know God the way that I know God. We need to get proper parenting in there. we got to teach them. we got to teach them God's Word. And then we need obedient children, right? So we need husbands loving wives, wives supporting husbands, both mom and dad loving, loving, loving their children and teaching their children. Hey, can I just say this? When's the last time you read the Bible in front of your children? When's the last time you read God's Word? Wait a minute, we do that on, we do that on Sunday. Can I tell you, I mean, I, I, I'll just say this. We have a Christian school right next door right there. And I, can I tell you how many parents tell me all the time, we don't go to church, we have Christian school. Can I tell you, that's wrong. I'm just going to tell you, if they were standing, you can't say that about that. I'm saying that. God, God didn't ordain the school, he ordained the church. People ought to be in church. God's word's in church. And can I tell you, sometimes we say, well, I don't, my kid's got a Bible class. My kid's, know, you know, my kid's in church three times a week. Yeah, but when are you showing them Jesus? When are you? It's not enough for you to just push them to Jesus. You have to lead them to Jesus. Hey, you go get you some Jesus. I'm going to sit on the couch for a minute. Kids do what they see, not what you tell them to do. They're watching you, mom and dad. They're watching you, grandchildren, everybody. They're, people are watching you. Are they seeing your passion, your drive for God? Because can I tell you, if there's rebellion, if there's selfishness, if there's all this, then the enemy can come in and build a stronghold. If husbands fail to lead, if wives fail to submit, if children go nuts, then all of a sudden we have an issue. We have a problem. I'll just say this real quick about parenting too. Can I tell you the best thing, best advice anybody ever give me? Two things we have to teach our children. The first one is to submit to authority. The second one is you choose your attitude. 
Submit to authority and choose your attitude. And then I think this, this makes sense. You know what? A negative, con- a, a negative circumstance equals a negative consequence. Right? You, you can't. You have to be clear. Right? You have to set the fence line. You have to say, hey, this is where we live, right here. You go past that, there's a negative consequence. We have to do that. We have to lead. We have to lead. We have to lead our children. We have to lead. And so watch this. I just want to say this and I'll be done. I want you to consider today. Have you allowed the enemy to just slip in? Could it be that we've allowed the enemy just to slip in into quiet while we're thinking everything's nice and calm? Everything's okay? And, and, and the enemy has brought in strongholds of unforgiveness and bitterness. And there's these walls between spouses. And there's walls between children. And there's this conflict. You feel this conflict in your home. And we've got to break that down in the name of Jesus. Our homes need to honor God. Our homes need to be set up in a way that honors God. Our homes need to be built on the Word of God. What, what if I told you this? That our homes are the walls of the church. How strong is your wall? If the church was a fortress and we're trying to keep the enemy out and every one of our homes is a location on the wall, how strong is your wall? How strong is your wall? Because I'm telling you, the enemy's sneaking in. We've got a culture that wants to sneak in, right? We see people falling by the wayside, compromised all around us. And we need families Husbands, wives, parents who will stand up and say, we refuse to compromise. We are going to have a home that honors God. And I'll just say that. I'll say this. It may not be very popular in your home for your children. But can I tell you, you're not running for anything. You've already been voted the king of your castle, so be it. Well, my... my, my, uh, uh, my, my kids might not think I'm so cool. So what? So what? Do you really need your nine-year-old to think you're cool? How insecure are you? Right? I need the fear of God instead of the fear of my nine-year-old or my seven-year-old. Well, I just, you know, you know, little Johnny grabbed ten things at the Walmart aisle. I got to give him all ten. I don't want him crying. I can't do that. Anyway, don't get me on all that. All right. <laughs> Don't get me on all that. Church, let's have homes that honor God. Men, don't you want your wife to say, my husband is a praying man. He loves the word of God. That's what you want. Wives, don't you want your husband to say, man, she follows me. She supports me. She, she helps me so much. I serve her. She serves me. Jesus fills us up, and we just keep pouring into each other. Don't you want your children to say, listen, because one day they're going to move out. Hey, I, you know, I don't, I don't remember much, but I do remember pretty much a lot of times that my parents prayed. I heard my parents pray. Right? Have your kids heard you pray? Have your parents, have, have you as parents, have, have your, par- your children heard you read God's word out loud in your home? Well, that's why we bring them to church for it. No, it's not. No. This is a gathering of people who have already been serving God all week long. Let's bow our head. Close right. James, you come just play just for a second for me. Oh, I so desperately want your homes to be strong. I, that was my heart all week. Oh, God, protect our homes.
Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Faith Community Church is located at 6801 South East Street, Indianapolis, Indiana, 46227. We are on the south side of Indy on the corner of US 31 and Southport Road. For more information about our church, please go to www.fccindianapolis.com. We worship Sunday mornings, 10 a.m., Sunday nights at 6 p.m., and midweek services as well. We have activities and studies for all ages. We have something for your entire family. Come be a part of our family. We would love to see you sometime. Have a blessed day, and always remember that Jesus changes everything.